There might be some element of wishful thinking to it, but that is justified. We've all suffered from COVID. Our country has suffered greatly from COVID. So there might be an element of wishful thinking to believing that as we turn into the new year, that is 2023, that is more than three years after the virus was first discovered or the first patient was discovered, we would again be talking about COVID on cut the clutter. But you know what? Thank the Chinese because they are the ones who gave us COVID-19 and they are the ones who brought it back now in our headlines and on top of our minds. And you know what? Once again, it is the virus has hit them first. Hit them first. Now, there can be some schadenfreude that the Chinese, oh, they gave the virus to the world. They haven't helped the world as yet find out where the virus came from. Where did it originate? From a lab or from an animal? Or, and if an animal, then from which animal? From which animal to which animal? All of that is hidden in China like a lot else in China. And nobody dares to question it. But that besides, the fact is that COVID-19 is back with a vengeance in China. Now, we were watching this situation for the past few days and I thought maybe there was a little bit of alarmism. Because once again, about China, this can happen because so little comes out of China that there is also, also a community of China critics. There, there are also Taiwanese social media handles. There is a lot of propaganda, counter-propaganda, and even in the West, there are China skeptics. So we were watching. But now there is evidence that COVID-19 has really exploded in China in terms of new infections. Beijing right now is overwhelmed. So cities, in fact, all the country which had been opened up. You remember that Xi Jinping had his famous or infamous zero COVID policy, where entire cities, in some cases, entire country was blocked out, was put in quarantine so that no COVID case would be found. That now seems to be backfiring. You know why? Because a new variant is now spreading, a new variant of Omicron. What else? This is the BF7 variant predominantly. It's very infectious because more importantly, because China followed the zero COVID policy, far too many of the Chinese don't have that one protection that many of us have, that is of having been infected with the virus at least once. Because while we've been vaccinated, the best vaccination is a prior infection. So I can speak in my case, as in the case of many Indians, because a booster is available to all. We are now protected by three shots, that is two initial shots and one booster, and also by the infection. The Chinese population, the bulk of the Chinese population has not been infected in the past, so they do not have that natural immunity. The second important thing, which we have said in the past and which is now globally acknowledged in the medical and research community also, the Chinese vaccines are duds. Sinovac and CanSino, these are duds. These are duds, these have efficacy. Now, these are all state secrets in China. And the funny thing is that the same WHO that will not, that will not approve India's co-vaccine has approved these two because who takes pangas with the Chinese? Same WHO has not even given, given us any death count to the Chinese, no modeling, no estimation, nothing. Whatever China say is right because the big boss is always right. But the fact is that it's now globally acknowledged that these two vaccines are quite useless. So the immunity provided by the vaccines is poor. Whatever immunity they provided is also waning now. Too few Chinese have taken the booster and there also too few Chinese over the age of 60 have taken the booster. To begin with, too few Chinese over, over, over the age of 60 have taken the vaccine because there are doubts about the vaccine. If you look at the population over 60, 
less than 50% have taken the booster. And if you look at population over the age of 80, then less than 40% of them, less than 40% of them have got vaccinated to begin with, which means 60% people over the age of 80 never got vaccinated, never got infected. That's why the panic in China. Now, how do we, how do we reckon how fast a virus is spreading? So if you go back to the Kataklutra episode, at the peak of the pandemic, we had introduced a term called R. R, which initially used to be called R0. So R is the number of people one infected person infects, right? And that then and that then gives us an idea of how virulent or how infectious a virus or a viral variant is. So, so initially, when the virus came, alpha wave, delta wave, R was about two to three. Slowly, it declined with lockdowns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it was about two to three. When Omicron came, Omicron in America, because in America, Omicron spread very wildly. In America, Omicron was seen to be having an R of 11. Now, 11 is very high. The R in China now is estimated to be 16. 16. And where is that come, coming from? That is not coming from some propaganda organization. That, that is coming from China National Health Commission. So China now has millions of millions, if not tens of millions of fresh cases, and these are really rising. Now there is a there is an epidemiologist in the West of Chinese origin called Eric Fielding. I usually treat whatever he says with a great deal of skepticism because he also has a reputation of being a pandemic alarmist. So if you discount all that and if you discount all his projections, he in fact is talking about a thermonuclear kind of scenario in China. So discount all of that. He spent 16 years at Harvard University. He's even now at respected institutions. He's a globally known name, but I am discounting a lot of his alarmism. So if you, if you leave out that thermonuclear thing, I can at least quote to you what he's saying, Stephen McDonald of the BBC, who's reporting on the story from Beijing. He's saying to him, he's saying, and I quote, in Beijing, COVID has gone crazy, must be, millions in, must be millions infected quickly. I am I am sure the other cities will be next. And then the same BBC story goes on to tell us that China is now overburdened and, suff and set for a very rough few months. Now, zero COVID may be over. Zero COVID is over because Xi Jinping tried that and then finally protests broke out about on which we had done an episode of CTC of which I'll share a link with you. But the consequences of zero, zero COVID are now wreaking havoc on China because Chinese population by, by and large, because Chinese population by and large is quote unquote innocent. They haven't been infected to the virus even once, either to live virus by way of infection or a genuine dead virus by way of an effective vaccine. No such thing has happened. You know, and you know, China also is a victim of the worst kind of vaccine nationalism because they did not allow any other foreign vaccine come in. Okay, you might say that I don't want to allow Pfizer's vaccine to come in or Moderna's vaccine to come in because these are Western MNCs. They will make a lot of money. Why should I give, give my money to them? Even if I'm a country that's quite rich now, five and a half times richer than India, all that's okay, but they did not even allow the Covishield equivalent, which was de developed by Oxford University and where Oxford University, AstraZeneca had, had waived the patent. So there wasn't such a, so there wasn't such a profit motive and MNC type profit motive. That is the vaccine that most of us have got in India. Nearly 90% of us in India 
have had that vaccine manufactured by Serum Institute of India. So maybe the Chinese also did not like the idea of having to import the vaccine from an Indian manufacturer. But the fact is, they've stuck to only these two vaccines of their own, and now they are paying the price. So this is a, this is a, so this is a multiple problem. You have a bad vaccine. Too many people don't trust the vaccine, so do, they do not take it. You do not allow any other vaccine, and then you follow this policy of extremely tough lockdowns and quarantines. So infection doesn't doesn't even slowly spread in your in your population. So almost all of your population is previously uninfected. What that means is that more than a billion people in China are susceptible to infection and that is what is worrying China. So I will share with you the link of a video statement by Christopher Murray who is the head of IHME or Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation in Washington, Seattle. Right? He says his projections are that by April 3,22,000 Chinese will die because of COVID. But alongside that, see this Washington Post story that also tells us that Reuters, a Reuters study predicts or projects or foresees more than a million deaths in China in the year 2023. Then there are other studies. There is, there is a study in Hong Kong. There is a study in Hong Kong which says, which says that because, because vaccines have low efficacy rates and because less than 40% of those above the age of 80 have been boosted, chances are 1.3 to 2.1 million will die in China. When did you imagine that happening in China? So as you watch Christopher Murray's statement, and I will just run, I will just take a pause and let a few seconds of that statement run. He says, he says that Chinese, Chinese vaccine has less effectiveness and also China has not allowed it. And, and also that China has not allowed the import or use of the new antivirals developed overseas in the Western world, particularly Paxlovid of Pfizer. Now, I'm, now I know that there are lots of Pfizer skeptics in India who will say, oh, this is again a plug for Pfizer. Why should the Chinese import an evil American corporation's drug? But the fact is that the Pfizer and the Chinese regulators and Chinese administration have already signed an agreement opening up the doors for the import of Paxlovid. How soon that can come? How much can Pfizer produce? And how much can China use? That is something that lies in the future. But he says, Christopher Murray says that if this is done, then 26% deaths can be avoided. I will also share with you a very detailed story on National Public Radio. That quotes international organizations and also Chinese disease control people as saying that up to 80 crore people, up to 800 million people are now prone to get infected and will likely get infected. That means 10% of the world's population will get infected again. Although in this case only in China, but you know what? There is no need for schadenfreude because what is there can come here, right? What is there can come here, there, everywhere. That's exactly what happened last time. So already in India, demands are picking up for India to stop air travel between China and our country. I'm not sure that will be done because that, that has its own consequences, but that demand is not picking up. Now, that story on NPR also quotes Shi Chen, who is a global health researcher at, at Yale University, who says that he spoke to Xiaofeng Liang, who is the deputy director of Chinese Center for Disease, Disease Control, who says that this virus may infect 60, 60, 60 percent of China's population. So that is where we come to the figure of 80 crore plus. Now, 
even if the death rate is very very low this is 10% of the planet's population even if even if the death rate is very very low even if it's lower than say the US rate of 0.3% it could still be a lot of people in fact the projections of credible Hong Kong researchers now are that the deaths could be up to 684 per million of the population that itself adds up to 964,000 or almost a million people so the million right now I know that there are issues with modeling but since modeling has been quoted in the past many times particularly in the case of India now it's the Chinese who are being exposed to this brutal science of modeling now the other scientist quoted is ben cowling ben cowling is an epidemiologist he's heading the division of epidemiology and biostatistics at hong kong university and he says and i quote this surge is going to come very fast unfortunately that's the worst thing if it was slower he says china would have had the time to prepare but this is so fast in beijing there are loads of cases other cities too he also goes on to say that the virus is spreading in China faster than anywhere else. We just told you that in America, at the peak of Omicron, the R was 11. Now it's already 16 and chances are that this will go higher in China. And he also goes on to say that probably the Chinese are more susceptible to the virus, to which I might add that maybe the virus is more infectious because we don't know this subvariant BF7 as yet. This is not so well researched. Although it had been seen in America and in America it was not seen to be more virulent or more destructive. But you don't know because there are variants within variants within variants. Because remember, how does a virus change its avatar? How does a virus mutate? It does so by going through more and more and more hosts. So more and more and more victims that the virus finds, the more opportunity it, it has to mutate so we also don't know what kind of mutant will come out of this because delta came out of alpha omicron came out of delta we don't know what will come out now so ben cowling goes on to say that this r of 16 that's too high a number that's why the chinese couldn't keep zero covid policy going because this virus is so so infectious that even with the zero covid policy and lockdowns and quarantines the virus was still spreading within the population Last winter in the US, he says, cases doubled every three days or so. Now in China, and I quote, now in China, the doubling time is like hours. Even if you slow it down a bit, it is going to spread very, very, very quickly and hospitals are going to come under pressure, probably by the month end. Now, what are the reasons why the Chinese have got into this trouble? Number one, there is very little immunity. Why? Because too few people were allowed to be infected. Now you might say, what kind of nonsense is this? Why should you allow people to get infected? But the fact is, because everybody was quarantined in China, too few people have immunity that comes from, from previous infection. And we'll repeat, a bad vaccine hasn't helped. So too, too many people right now are vulnerable. In fact, at this point, almost all of the 1.4 billion are susceptible. Number two, BF7 is a highly infectious Omicron variant. US has seen it before, but it had never been so bad. In China, it's spreading much faster. So maybe it's a sub-variant of a variant we don't know yet. Number three, over 90% in China are vaccinated. That's a good thing. But they are all vaccinated with Sinovac or CanSino, the Chinese vaccines, which nobody trusts in most parts of the world. Adults over 60 now need three shots. And we had mentioned to you earlier that more than 50% have not taken that vaccine because with these vaccines, whatever else, even if they have limited efficacy, 
that efficacy also wanes much faster than with the more modern or more effective vaccines. Now, Chinese at this point are building more and more ICU capacity. They have limited ICU capacity and a lot of this ICU capacity, additional capacities is what is called as convertible. So, you're taking up hospital beds, ICU beds from elsewhere, or beds from chemotherapy, dialysis, etc. Some of this had happened in India as well. So, China is also preparing for that kind of a crisis. Schools in Shanghai have already been shut weeks after the lifting of the earlier quarantine or curfew or zero COVID policy. And everywhere, there is a worry that Chinese economy would slow down. And Chinese economy slow down, again, schadenfreude is never good because the entire world depends on the Chinese economy. If Chinese economy slows down, everybody suffers. India has a trade deficit of nearly $100 billion with China. Now, you might say it's a very bad idea, but it's also the other side of the story is that everything that's being imported from China is things that India really needs, that India's industry needs. 70% of our laptops come from China. God knows what percentage of our phones. I think a very large percentage of our phones come, comes from China. A lot of our other machinery, power plant equipment, all of that comes from China. So if Chinese economy goes into a stall again, it's going to be very bad for everybody, including for the US. Now, there's a lot of coverage in the international press, and I will share some links with you from NYT, Washington Post, Bloomberg, Guardian, etc., etc., South China Morning Post, and also raise a question of how little coverage there is about this in the Indian press. I see one or TV channels but the rest are ignoring it. Even in print, there is very little coverage of this. So I'm sharing with you also one of the latest stories, detailed stories in the New York Times. So this New York Times story talks about a 21,000 bed emergency hospital being set up in the city of Chongqing, which is in southwestern China. And this city was a showpiece of the zero COVID policy. Then that was withdrawn and the cases went up all of a sudden. Now that the cases, cases have gone up, they don't know how to handle it. Do they go back to a quarantine? But once again, schools are being shut, factories are being shut, offices are being, are being shut. And as you would expect, Global Times is saying, this is nothing but Western propaganda. Western propaganda, Western media is doing this basically to hide their own failures in multiple areas. The New York Times story also raises other questions, political questions. Because they say that now increasingly, for the first time, under Xi Jinping, people came out and protested against the zero COVID policy. And when they came out to protest, they were also asking for other freedoms, freedom of speech, etc., etc., democracy. Now, as zero COVID and then withdrawal of the zero COVID policy, why did the withdrawal take place? That's because dictators cannot deal with even a little bit of protest that they can't put down, that they can't put down brutally. At this point, Xi Jinping figured that it wasn't possible for him to put down these protests as brutally as was done by his predecessors in Tiananmen. So he let it be and he conceded to them. He conceded to them and he withdrew the zero COVID policy. So either, policy. So either way, this is seen as a failure. Zero COVID policy is seen as a failure and the withdrawal is seen as a failure. Now, unlike in the other countries, he has no one to blame. He has no number 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. He's the entire 11 by himself. So he will be blamed for both failures. Zero COVID and what happened after this sudden withdrawal of zero COVID. So the NYT quotes an academic, Jeremy Vallis. He's an associate professor at Cornell and he wrote the book about China called Seeking Truth, Hiding Facts. Seeking Truth, Hiding Facts. 
and he says look whatever what, whatever might happen people are going to hold xi jinping accountable because he cannot blame anybody this is seen as a decision of one man and that decision earlier that zero covid policy he says was earlier promoted by the chinese media loyal chinese media party media as a magic weapon of victory where that weapon has been given up as a failure now what's been tried now has caused a fresh crisis and how will you now protect xi jinping from blame over this so once again it will depend on which projections come out right the wishful thinking of the chinese officials who think that this shall also pass quickly or the predictions and projections of epidemiological modelers all over the world either way the chinese government is now getting ready with whatever governments to when in trouble that is to cover up so the chinese media itself is attacking the western media and the chinese government has said that now for fatalities they will only count as covid death anybody who's died of breathing failure what that means is that anybody who dies of comorbidities will not be will not be counted as a victim of covid so even if the virus washes through the population without causing too many fatalities the government will do all right but if the fatalities are of a scale that this modeling projections predict then it's going to be very tough for xi jinping he's doing he's doing he's doing what all dictatorial governments do in these situations that is to start covering up so one of the first covering up actions from his government and his party is now to say that only those who die of direct breathing failure or lung failure will be counted as covid deaths anybody who is comorbid which is most of the older people and they will mostly die of covid as we know from global experience they will not be counted as covid dead so that is also one way in which a dictatorial government deals with the crisis